Welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we discuss and determine whether extraterrestrial... (laughs) (laughs) Extraterrestrial. Extraterrestrial events are extra or are they just terrestrial? Nonsense or misconception? Today's file is hosted by myself, Moonwalker, and I'm joined in extraterrestrial mischief by Senor Greybeard. What up, Greybeard? Senor Greybeard, you're not trying to make me frickin'. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say it. (laughs) Like a certain dog we know, are you? No. (laughs) Senor Greybeard. (laughs) (laughs) Were you expecting that music to just come in your ear there? (laughs) I was. (laughs) 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 today we're going to take a look at a mr george adamski and his interaction with the extraterrestrial which i'm sure i've said more in the last few minutes than i've ever said in every episode before this (laughs) now that picture in front of you is of mr adamski i was gonna ask but I thought we'd get to it. And it's just there to give you a kind of marker as to what he looks like. Okay. So George Adamski was born the 17th of April, same birthday as my cousin, although a lot before. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, he looks like a pretty old guy. (laughs) So he was born 17th of April, 1891. Jesus, he's really old. (laughs) He was a Polish-American citizen and author. Mm. He has written three books in his lifetime. In 1953, he co-wrote Flying Saucers Have Landed with Desmond Leslie. Uh. In 1955, Inside the Spaceships. And the third book, Flying Saucers Farewell in 1961. So they came, they saw and they buggered off. Pretty much. I'm sensing a theme here. (laughs) Before we get into the books, let's go back. So we're going back way back (laughs) to the 1920s to be precise in which Adamski was working in an Oregon flour mill and California concrete factory California knows how to party it was at this time that he became interested in the esoteric occult religion mm-hmm. known as theosophy. <laughs> I looked at that and was like, what? <laughs> I was just watching you waiting. <laughs> and a variant of it called neo-theosophy. Mm-hmm. Theosophy teaches that there is an ancient and secretive brotherhood of spiritual adepts known as the Masters. Who, although found across the world, are centred in Tibet. Mm-hmm. These masters are believed to have cultivated great wisdom and supernatural powers. This is very interesting already, and I can't tell you why, because it's one I've got coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it might cross paths a little bit, Ooh. but not anything to do with this guy. But masters of the universe. <laughs> He-Man! <laughs> is this who that was based on? the power! Do you know what? It never crossed my mind until you just said it. <laughs> but isn't his name Prince Adam? <laughs> Ooh. 
Ooh. I wonder. Is that a future probe? Is He-Man real? Ooh. Can you remember the film? Was it Dolph Lundgren in it? Yes. Yeah. That was terrible. But at the but time. Fantastic. <laughs> it was terrible, but I absolutely loved it when I was like five years old. <laughs> so it draws its philosophy from older European philosophies like Neoplatonism and Asian religions like Hinduism and Buddhism. Have you heard of theosophy before? I've heard of Hinduism and Buddhism. And weirdly, I think I've heard of um, Neoplatonism as well. But so, no, <laughs> I haven't heard of theosophy. So can you take a look at the symbol and describe what you see? It's the Illuminati. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> this is the symbol for theosophy. Okay. What did I just say? It's... Oh, Illuminati, <laughs> Illuminati Nazis is what it is. So we have, is it the Ankh, is it called? When it's like a cross with a circle on top. We've got the naughty Nazi symbol on top of that. And we've got, is it Star of David underneath it? I think so. Yeah. I'm not too familiar on what So we've got like. the star with the Ankh or Ankh in the middle of it. And then a swastika on top. And there's a slogan. There is no religion higher than truth. <laughs> This what is some Illuminati shit. <laughs> what else? Oh, a snake eating its tail. There's no beginning, no end. I hadn't even noticed the snake. And above. I don't know what that is above. I was going to skip past it because I've got no idea. It looks like Turkish writing. I'm but... pretty sure that is the symbol for peace. That is not the symbol not... for peace. Peace is like the Mercedes no, symbol. The, um... This is the symbol for war. <laughs> and bongs. Remember. I can't remember what religion it is. But I've seen that before. It's quite a popular symbol. Okay. Is it like one people have tattooed quite yeah. a lot? Yeah. Okay. So, snakes but, aren't usually on good religions, are they? Didn't the snake tempt Eve to eat the apple? Yes. Hmm. But they are also a symbol for rebirth in other cultures. They are also a symbol for Voldemort. I don't see how that's a bad thing. <laughs> All right, Captain Sliverin. <laughs> By 1930, Adamski was a minor figure in the occult scene in California. California! And was teaching his personal mix of Christianity and Eastern religions. He coined these universal progressive Christianity and universal law. Progressive makes it sound like a rock band. A terrible rock band. <laughs> in the early found... Early foundies? In the early 30s, he founded the Royal Order of Tibet, mm -hmm. and their meetings were held in the Temple of Scientific Philosophy. Mm. He was a philosopher and teacher at the temple, and during Prohibition, they were granted a license to make wine for religious purposes. Why else would you even make wine? I know, right? <laughs> he was quoted as saying, I made enough wine for all of Southern California. California! And I was making a fortune. But the end of Prohibition <laughs> soon brought an end to that. Oh, dear. I can see you twitching. <laughs> Don't worry. The aliens are coming. But to summarise before they do, what are your thoughts so far? So we've got the evil Illuminati. This chap is interested in the occult. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what you said about Tibet. Um, he founded the, the Royal Order of Tibet. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the Masters, 
Uh, what concerns me though they were known as the masters what concerns me at this point is we've already seen that he's onto money making schemes making wine for religious purposes aka making dollar dollar bills y'all how do you know (laughs) that money was not then put into creating his own church to then make more money we'll soon find out (laughs) In 1940, Adamski and his wife and a few friends moved to a ranch near Palomar Mountain, where they spent their time studying philosophy, religion, and farming. Using funding from one of his students, Alice K. Wells, they built a new home, a campground called Palomar Gardens, and a small restaurant called Palomar Gardens Caf. Adamski also built a wooden observatory to house his six-inch telescope, which sounds small, but apparently it's actually useful and is capable of seeing planets. <laughs> it ain't the size, that's what you do with it. <laughs> Visitors and tourists of Palomar Mountain got the impression that Adamski was an astronomer connected to the famous Palomar Observatory. Adamski would only correct someone of this if he was pressed. He was also called Professor by his followers and admirers, but he didn't have anything more than a third grade education. Okay. (laughs) You're not setting him up to be a very trustable guy so far. I also noticed that a lot of the people that I investigate don't hold, like, any PhDs or degrees or anything like Mm. that. They all seem to be dropouts at an early age of school. Did Doc Levingard have a degree? He's a doc. (laughs) It wasn't him I was investigating. No, but he popped up. It was the thumb. (laughs) The thumb. But, okay, he's got followers already as well. Mm -hmm. It's a cult. Maybe they're just woke. They realise... This ain't woke. What was going on. (laughs) This is a money-making scheme. He put them onto a different type of thinking. How to make dollars. So... Imagine if you would, everyone around you thinks on a certain level Mm -hmm. and you're on like the fourth plane. Everyone else is on... Take my money. Plane (laughs) (laughs) What he's done is elevated the thinking of those around him Mm -hmm. and they now see where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. So he's not alone in his thoughts. During a meteor shower on October 9th, 1946, Adamski and some of his friends said that they'd seen a large cigar-shaped mothership. Okay, I'm in. (laughs) And in the early part of 1947, Adamski took a photo of what he said was the ship that they had seen in 1946 crossing in front of the moon over Palomar. Following the first widely publicised UFO sighting in the USA, Adamski claimed that he'd seen 184 (laughs) UFOs pass over Palomar Garden one evening. One evening? 184? Holy crap, that's a fleet. (laughs) That's like planet-ending levels. I don't know if he saw them all on the same evening Mm. or if he Set set it on... Like, Regardless, he couldn't just say I saw one or two, did he? He had to go a little 184. bit... 184. <laughs> he had to push it that little bit too far. What if he did see a fleet? So people started calling bullshit on him. <laughs> Take a step back. Bullshit! Oh, it was aliens. 
So a few years later, Adamski mm-hmm. started giving lectures on UFOs in Southern California. California. He was paid for the lectures that he gave, and you'd pay him too to acquire the knowledge that he had. In his lectures, he told of how the existence of UFOs had been established by the government and science. Also in his lectures, Adamski further claimed that science now knows that there is life on other planets, all planets, within our solar system, and that photos of Mars taken from his observatory have proven the canals on Mars are man-made, built by an intelligence far greater than any man's on Earth. So this is all with his six-inch telescope? Yep. <laughs> so there's life on all That's planets? what you do with it, son. <laughs> there's, I mean, who's to say that there isn't life on all planets? He also didn't say that he saw life. Mm-hmm. He says science now knows. I'd be very, very surprised if there's life on most, well, <laughs> all the other planets, but I wouldn't we can only perceive life in the ways that we can think of of the science we know. Exactly. But I doubt this motherfucker <laughs> is clever enough. And this was like the early 1900s, wasn't it, or something? This he was born was in 1891, so we're talking 1947. Yeah. 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 I don't. I mean, we were making a lot of progress around, obviously, the 30s to the 50s. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just. The wine has put me off this, man. <laughs> Everything you're coming out with now, I'm thinking it's a money-making scheme. I see through you, Adamski. Too quick to judge, son. Yep. <laughs> Due to claims like these, George was uniformly treated with hostility from the science and UFO community as they flew in the face of massive scientific evidence. Not only were his stories fraudulent, but they made serious investigators look ridiculous. Now, I, I am the hostility. <laughs> I just think that's them being jealous. I don't feel jealous. Well, not you, because you're not trying to get your story out there. But... <laughs> or... Are you? Am I? No. Do you like wine? <laughs> Adamski took a photo on the 29th of May 1950, which is allegedly six unidentified objects in the sky. This same picture was depicted on an August 1978 commemorative stamp issued by Granada in order to mark the year of UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) What? So the photo he took in 1950 is now a commemorative stamp. A country believed can't fool a whole country y'all unless there's truth did they believe or were they just acknowledging the cultural impact of this ridiculous story no they believed yeah because it's true hasn't there been like cartoon characters on stamps no i'm sure i've seen like mickey mouse on a stamp i don't think you have you're making that up (laughs) (laughs) on the 20th of november 1952 Adamski and a few friends were in the Colorado desert near the town of Desert Center. That's that's a conveniently named yeah, town. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it Desert Center. I'm not sure if I've miswritten something there. So we're calling this town Desert Center. <laughs> and it's in California. California. <laughs> Hold on. Didn't you just say Colorado? In the Colorado desert. I'm very confused. There 
is 766 miles between them. It's a former settlement in Imperial County, California. It takes one hour and 37 minutes on an aeroplane to get between them. I'm so confused. Typing <laughs> California's Colorado Desert. It's on Wikipedia. Okay, Colorado's a former settlement in Imperial County, California. It was, so it's not the Colorado. No. Yeah, that, I'm with you now. Okay. But yeah, the look you gave me tripped me out then as well. I was like, well, because I'm Colorado sure what I've written. Is a yeah. State, and so is California, so I was very, very confused. But it's not that Colorado or no. that California. <laughs> it's one of them, but not both. <laughs> so, Desert Center. <laughs> On the 20th of November. 1952, Adamski and a few friends were in the Colorado desert near the town of Desert Center, California. California! And it's not the Colorado that you're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) When they reportedly saw a large submarine-shaped object hovering in the sky. Adamski thought that it was looking for him, so he left his friends and headed away from the main road. Why would it be looking for him? According to Adamski, a scout ship landed next to him, which is apparently made of a translucent metal, and out comes Orthon. Orthon! Who's Orthon? Wait, Orthon or Orthon? Orthon. (laughs) (laughs) Orthon is a Venusian (laughs) who sought out Adamski. Adamski said that the people with him saw the ship and several of them later on said that they could see Adamski with someone but it was from a distance. Yeah. So the picture that you can see is Adamski with Orthon Mm -hmm. and you can also see his ship in the background. Can you describe what his ship looks like? And Orthon is the one in brown. Right, so I'd like to go back a little bit further to where you said it was a submarine-shaped object, which would also be a cigar-shaped object. In this painting or drawing, the spaceship is (laughs) not a cigar shape at all. It's a scout ship. Uh, (laughs) It is... This came... What what would you describe this shape as? From the other one. I would say it's your traditional... Want to say triangle? Yeah. Without the point at the top? Yeah, it's like a flying saucer. So you've got a circular base. Lampshade shaped, yeah. Yeah. So rather than having like a bubble in the middle, it goes up almost in a triangular fashion. And it's of a metalish looking material. And then we've got the two folks. (laughs) Orphan looks like Jesus. (laughs) He's in like brown robes. Looks like long grey hair. Can't tell if they're sandals or not. (laughs) <laughs> and then Adamski's in jeans and a jumper with some smashing grey hair. Now back to Orthon. Orthon was a being of medium height, humanoid, with long blonde hair and tanned skin, wearing reddish-brown shoes, not sandals. <laughs> but the trousers were not like George's. Orthon communicated with him via telepathy and through hand signals. He's throwing up middle fingers. <laughs> During their conversation, Orthon warned of the dangers of nuclear war. They're always warning about nuclear war. It's not something you shouldn't be warning us against. Why is every alien that talks to us telling us that? 
Maybe they've seen how it all plays out and they're sent back to warn us. But clearly we're not heeding the warning. <laughs> and Amsky went on to later write that his presence was like a warm embrace of great love and understanding wisdom. Mm. Orton refused to be photographed and instead asked Adamski to provide him with a black photographic plate. What? George Hunt Williamson, a contactee and associate of Adamski, said that when Orton left, he was able to take plaster casts <laughs> of Orton's shoe prints, <laughs> which contained mysterious symbols which Adamski has said were a message from Orton. Orton had a strange tick on his shoes. <laughs> what could <Symbol>. this mean? <laughs> there's there's a word. It's three reckon, letters. Do you reckon? Free? Air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you reckon uh, he met Marty? McFly? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why plaster cast of his shoes? Of all the things, why yes. not take a photo or take some... He like wouldn't a allow swab? him to take a photo. But then he'll plaster cast the shoes. Yeah. There's a That's message so in the shoes. That is so bizarre. Orphan is said to have returned the photographic plate to Adamski on the 13th of December 1952. When developed, it was found to contain new strange symbols. It was at this meeting that Adamski is said to have taken the famous photograph of orphan ship using his six inch telescope <laughs> skeptics however said it looks suspiciously like the top of a chicken brooder warming <laughs> newly hatched poultry and that is the picture that you can see below okay i wouldn't even know how to begin describing that i would say that looks exactly like orphan ship that you see <laughs> in the other picture i wouldn't because that one doesn't go up in such a straight Line because it's taken from a different viewpoint, even so, though the disc at the bottom isn't flat, it goes up a tiny bit and then it goes flat from there and then it goes up again. An artist's drawing so isn't going to be as accurate <laughs> as a photo. Oh, it looks exactly <laughs> like it, it's not going to be as accurate. <laughs> they didn't have Son the skills as some of our previous uh pricks subjects, <laughs> yeah. So, they found a new strange symbol was it Adidas. <laughs> Kappa. <laughs> that that was a strange symbol. I've never, to my knowledge, seen a chicken brooder, so I can't really comment on it. But that doesn't look like a photo that's in the sky, really. And if it's far away, which you'd assume it would be to get with a telescope, it looks very close up to the lens. What if he had a really good camera? In Zoom. 1952? Had a lot of money. From all that wine. <laughs> I feel like my throat is warming up to give you a little song. <laughs> About this thing that I could call. Do you have any other questions before we move on? Um, that aren't songs. Um, he communicated with him with middle fingers and <laughs> telepathy. Mm -hmm. What did he say? Nuclear war. Nuclear war was quite rife, obviously, following the nuclear bombs being dropped in Japan in 1945. Hmm. Yeah, no. It's because it was such a big focus in society for the next several or few decades, actually, that that's, that was the popular thing to warn about by these new age folk who call bullshitty topics. 
So if an alien came and warned of nuclear war... Would they warn and, nuclear war? They've got the technology to get here. Would they not warn of some future technology that could do real damage to, like, galaxies? What if they warned of nuclear war and we took that warning, heeded it, and that's the reason we haven't been destroyed But we have far. nuclear powers in the world. Still there, but no one's used them But we yet. could use them. <laughs> Desmond... Oh, go on. I, was just, I don't really have as many thoughts as I usually would at this point, I feel. It's outrageously bullshit at the moment. <laughs> and all I can see is the holes in it. There's nothing that's sort of grabbed me and made me think, ooh, this is, where's this going to go? It's just, this is complete bullshit. <laughs> this man is after money. <laughs> You've, we've not got to his books yet. Should I say oh, his diaries? Oh, no. So Desmond Leslie struck up a dialogue with Adamski. Mm-hmm. Leslie had created a low-budget UFO film entitled Them and the Thing. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a gun. (laughs) (laughs) And his home, Castle Leslie. (laughs) Castle Leslie? Yep. He's King Leslie of Castle Leslie. (laughs) I mean, if you had your own castle, would you not call it Castle John? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> I'd call the street Castle Greybeard <laughs> I was going to say Is it Castle Greyskull And what would you call Yes Castle Greyskull With the driveway Greybeard <laughs> Castle Leslie <laughs> In need of money And eager to create A bestseller Leslie had written A manuscript <laughs> You said it yourself there He's eager to create A bestseller uh, Leslie Yeah Had written a manuscript uh-huh. About the visit to earth By aliens Mm-hmm. Adamski sent Leslie a written account of his contact with Orthon and photos he'd taken. Leslie combined the two works into the 1953 co-authored book Flying Sources Have Landed. It became a bestseller and brought them both media attention. Every time I see Flying Sources now, I'm thinking of the documentary on Huggins, Love and Flying Sources. That's brilliant. <laughs> I still need to see that. Yeah, it's... It's a fine look at a very complex man. Do you watch it on YouTube? I f- believe so. It was a while ago now. Might check I certainly out, yeah. watched it on the internet. The next year, Leslie visited Adamski and witnessed a UFO for himself. <laughs> he sent a letter to his wife describing it. He described it as a beautiful golden ship in the sunset, but brighter than the sunset. It slowly faded out the way they do. The way they do wasn't this. <laughs> wasn't this the first one he saw? Yep. And how does he know it's the way they do? Maybe Adamski had told him what happened. Ah, uh, my vocal cords are heating up, son. <laughs> In his 1955 book, <laughs> Inside the Spaceships, Adamski claimed that Orton arranged for him to be taken on a trip to see the solar system, including his home planet. Venus, mm-hmm. the location where Orphan said the late Mrs. Adamski had been reincarnated. Oh, this is getting a bit gnarly. He claimed that in another voyage, he met the 1,000-year-old elder philosopher of space people. This guy's name, the Master. Puffy. <laughs> 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 Adamski said that he and the Master discussed philosophy, religion, 
and the Earth's place in the universe. Bet they did. Adamski said he learned that he had been selected by Nordic aliens. Here we go. To right. bring their message of peace to Earth people. We've got Nordics, finally something to grasp onto. I told you not to be so rash. I still think he's full of shit, but at least he's latched it onto something. <laughs> Other humans throughout history had also served as their messengers, including Jesus Christ himself. Wait, are they saying he was a messenger or he was a Nordic? He was a messenger. Okay, so that's technically saying these folks are God in a way then. Or that God's an alien. If Christ is the messenger, then Christ was the messenger of God in our eyes. Mm -hmm. But he's actually taken messages from the aliens. Do we see them as God? I was about to say, God see them uh, as, as aliens. As I come to realise this, my head's literally just going to explode <laughs> and I'm going to go onto that higher plane. <laughs> Level four, baby! <laughs> Woohoo! Now for the ripe price of £20, <laughs> you can get my next book, which will help you get to level seven. Do you like wine? <laughs> Adamski further claimed that aliens were peacefully living on Earth and he'd met them in bars. In <laughs> <laughs> I feel I need to be walked through how he'd met them in bars. <laughs> hey, baby. Hello. In 1957, Adamski received a letter signed R.E. Straith, alleged representative of the Cultural Exchange Committee of the U.S. State Department. I've never heard of that committee. The letter said the U.S. government knew that Adamski had spoken to extraterrestrials in 1955 in a desert in California. California! And that a group of highly placed government officials planned on public corroboration of Adamski's story. Adamski was proud of this endorsement and exhibited it to support his claims. He wore that shit with pride, son. Chest puffed, lat spread, peacocking like a motherfucker. Anything you'd like to ask or anything you'd like to get off your chest before we continue? I'm just, I'm, there's so much going on. <laughs> I don't even know where I am. So Jesus was an alien mm -hmm. who's associated with well, the master from Buffy. An alien. But a messenger. Or an alien. Okay. Yeah, he... Well, he was a messenger of Nordics, I think it was, wasn't it? So God is an alien. This is... What if God was a DJ? <laughs> Have we covered the books? There was Leslie's books, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the second book, he takes the trip around the solar system. This is probably one of the most confusing ones that we've covered for me thus far. <laughs> I feel like I can't take anything in because it's just bouncing so erratically from <laughs> like one minute he's selling wine the next minute he's got a six incher then he's <laughs> seeing Nordics and he's writing books as a movie bitch <laughs> it's, uh, but it, that last bit about the cultural exchange committee mm -hmm. confirming that Adamski was speaking with, with aliens. aliens. Yep. That's bullshit. <laughs> he wrote that letter himself. He actually didn't. He actually received that letter. From one of his followers. Nope. Pretending to be. Who are the Cultural Exchange Committee of the US State Department? <laughs> He's received that letter. Okay. Right. In 1985, ufologist James W. Mosley revealed that the letter was a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> Mosley and a friend, Gray Baker, had obtained an official State Department letterhead created by the R.E. Strafe persona and then written the letter as a prank. 
dirty boys. According to Mosley, the FBI investigated the case and discovered that the letter was a hoax, but charges were not filed against Mosley or Barker. The FBI investigated it? Mm-hmm. Mosley also wrote that the FBI informed Adamski that the strafe letter was, a, letter was a hoax and asked him to stop using it as evidence in support of his claims, but that Adamski refused and continued to display the letter in his <laughs> lectures and talks. <laughs> he was peacocking on that thing so much. He refused Even to believe he the FBI. He was like, no, it's real. <laughs> This was not the first time Adamski had claimed government support for his UFO stories. In 1953, he told a meeting of the Corona, California Lions California. Club, that his material has all been cleared with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Air Force Intelligence. When the FBI learned of Adamski's claims, <laughs> three agents were sent to talk to him. He denied having stated that the FBI or USAF intelligence supported his claims, <laughs> even though his marks were reported to a local newspaper, the Riverside Enterprise, and he agreed to sign a letter stating that he understood the impl implications of making false claims mm -hmm. and that the FBI did not endorse the claims of individuals. The three FBI agents also signed the letter and a copy was given to Adamski. Adamski, however, told a reporter <laughs> that he'd been cleared by the FBI and displayed the letter as proof. A complaint was lodged and more FBI agents were sent to retrieve Adamski's copy of the letter. They warned him that legal action would be taken if he continues. He used this to his advantage, though, <laughs> oh, God. and later said the FBI had warned him to keep quiet. He's just spinning yarns. Every time that something happens, he turns it to his potential advantage. So you don't think that the FBI are actually trying to keep him quiet? That he actually knows something and they're trying to keep him no, quiet? No, I don't. I think they were just pissed off of him trying to tarnish their good name. In what this good instance, name? In this instance. The FBI has a good name. <laughs> An agent walks past the window. <laughs> I don't want to be assassinated. <laughs> in 1962, Adamski announced that he would be attending an interplanetary conference held on the planet Saturn. No. <laughs> no. How are you going to stand on Saturn? It's what? a gas giant. Doesn't mean he has to be on the planet's it's, surface. It's being held on the planet Saturn. He didn't say it's being held on a ship above the planet Saturn. Could be held on a ship on the planet Saturn. But then it'd be on the ship on the planet Saturn. He could also have a like spacesuit. They could give him a spacesuit, which allows him to walk on Saturn. I'm he could pretty be sure, spacesuit or not, the moment he gets into Saturn's atmosphere, he's dead. You're thinking of it in logical human terms. He's a human, regardless of whether he's Who's logical. Space technology. He ain't got shit except for <laughs> a pair of Nikes. A Damsky, his scientific suit. <laughs> has met human beings from another world, usually light-skinned, light-haired humanoids that would later be called Nordic aliens. Adamski claimed in his books that the Nordic aliens came from Venus, Mars, and other planets in our solar system. However, none of the planets he mentioned are capable of supporting <laughs> human life <laughs> due to their environmental conditions. This is usually an excuse critics would have yeah. But who's to say they didn't give him a suit to wear that would allow him to breathe? 
time to say that. <laughs> they did not give him a suit that allowed him to breathe. Adamski has taken a trip to the far side of the moon in a UFO, mm-hmm. where he witnessed cities, trees, trees, and snow-capped mountains. He also claimed that the photographs of the moon's far side that were taken by Russia in 1959 were doctored to show a barren, lifeless surface instead. However, all scientific evidence, as well as later lunar trips by American astronauts, clearly showed that the far side of the moon is barren of life and has no atmosphere. But these also could be doctored. So the Americans and the Russians working together. Adamski's photographs of the UFOs he claimed to observe and travel in have also come under scrutiny. His often publicised photo of a flying saucer from 1952 has been variously identified as a streetlight or the top of a chicken brooder. Mm-hmm. Adamski claimed that movie director Cecil B. DeMille's top trick photographer, J. Peveril Marley, had examined his UFO photos and found a spaceman in them. And Marley himself declared that Adamski's pictures were fakes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but they were the best he had ever seen. The best fakes are still fakes. (laughs) In the United Kingdom, 14 experts from the J. Arthur Rank Company concluded that the object photograph was either real or a full-scale model. (laughs) It's either real or fake. They might as well not have examined them. (laughs) How much... Their bums are splintered. How much more can you sit on the fence? This is either real (laughs) or it's not real. It's because they know they cannot declare it being real. So they have... To Why can't they? Because if you're a government, like if you work for the government, you turn around and say, yeah, it's real. You then cause mass hysteria and panic. Think if the government came out right now and said, aliens are real. They've been living here for ages and etc, etc, etc. So on our episode five, we covered the Tic Tac UFOs, which are... We know they're real. <laughs> <laughs> but the government confirmed... A month or two ago <laughs> that they are real. They didn't go so far as to say aliens, but they confirmed that the UFOs But they didn't say that real. aliens were living amongst us. Well, they're clearly flying amongst us. They just us. said that they didn't know what those UFOs were. <laughs> but what they did say is they're real. <laughs> they didn't say they're real or fake. <laughs> These are either there or they're not there. And that's all we've got to say on the matter. They're real. In his 1955 investigation into Adamski's claims, James W. Mosley interviewed Marley, who denied all that shit. He didn't enlarge the photos for analysis, he didn't find spacemen in them, or knew anyone that had. Mosley also interviewed German rocket scientist Wolfer Jonas Riedel, who told him that he had analysed Adamski's UFOs photos and found them to be fake. So this is more people saying that the photos are fake. Riedel told Mosley that the UFO's landing struts were actually General Electric light bulbs and that he had seen the GE logo printed on them. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> In 2012, UFO researcher Joel Carpenter identified the reflector shade of a widely available 1930s pressurised gas lantern as an identical 
visual match <laughs> to the main portion of Adamski's saucer. Oh no, Adamski. Mosley found other flaws in Adamski's story. He interviewed several of the people that Adamski claimed had been with him in his initial meeting with Orphan and found that these witnesses contradicted Adamski's claims. Al Bailey denied to Mosley that he had seen a UFO in the desert or the alien that Adamski described. Gerald Baker, who worked at Palomar Gardens, overheard a tape-recorded account of what was to happen in the desert, who was to go, and other details several days before Adamski's claimed meeting with Orthon. Oh dear. Baker added that Adamski had tried to convince him not to expose their hoax by telling him that he could make money by charging fees to give UFO lectures as Adamski was doing. (laughs) Adamski told him, Now you know the UFO picture connected to your name in this book, Flying Saucers Have Landed, and with people knowing that you are connected with Flying Saucers, you could do yourself a lot of good. You could give lectures in the evenings. There is a demand for this. You could support yourself by the picture in the book with your name. George Hunt Williamson, another prominent contactee and friend of Adamski, didn't witness shit. (laughs) Despite his public statements claiming otherwise. (laughs) They're all turning on him. (laughs) When Irma Baker, Gerald Baker's wife, accused him of lying about the incident, Williamson told her cryptically that sometimes to gain admittance, one has to go around the back door. This is in his report on Adamski. Mosley wrote, There's enough bullshit and lies in here that I highlight to doubt the sincerity of his words. Well, they aren't exactly his words, but that's my summary of it. Now, in his actual words, he also said this, The reader will be moved to make for himself a careful re-evaluation of the worth of Adamski's book. Shit all is the worth (laughs) of said book. In the early to mid-1950s, Adamski was also investigated by USAF Captain Edward J. Rappelt. He was the head of Project Blue Book. Oh, indeed. Blue Book actually looked at this. (laughs) Stupid bastards. He dressed as a civvy and attended one of Adamski's lectures before a large crowd at his Palomar Gardens cat. Rappelt concluded that Adamski was a talented con artist whose UFO stories were designed to make money from his gullible followers and listeners. And he compared Adamski to the famed hoaxer, carnival and circus showman, P.T. Barnum. Rappelt has said, To look at the man and listen to his stories, you had an immediate urge to believe him. He was dressed in well-worn but neat overalls. He was slightly greying hair and the most honest pair of eyes I've ever seen. He spoke softly and naively, almost pathetically, giving the impression that most people think I'm crazy, but honestly, I'm really not. Because I'm a hoaxer. According to Rappelt, Adamski had a persuasive effect on his audience. When Adamski finished his stories, Rappelt noted that many of his listeners purchased copies of Adamski's UFO photos that were on sale. At another lecture led by Adamski and other well-known contactees, Rappelt wrote that people paid hard-earned money to actually hear Adamski's stories. According to Rappelt, by 1960, Adamski's UFO lectures, and in particular his first two books, 
had made him an affluent man. His hamburger stand is boarded up and he now lives in a big ranch house. He vacations in Mexico and has his own clerical staff. His two books, Flying Sources Have Landed and Inside the Spaceships, have sold 200,000 copies and have been translated into every language except Russian. Rappelt humorously noted that by 1960, two beautiful space women who claimed to be Nordic aliens were dating Adamski, a blonde from Saturn called Kauna and another woman named Ilmuth. The first alien Adamski claimed to have met was from Venus, which has an average surface temperature of 464 degrees Celsius. And an average population of zero. <laughs> with the atmospheric pressure being 92 times that of Earth and clouds which rain a toxic acid-like substance, yep. I highly doubt he went to Venus. In the 1955 book, Inside the Spaceships, which describes his travels through Earth's solar systems and a UFO, that is thought to be a remake of his 1949 science fiction book titled Pioneers of Space which was ghostwritten for him by Lucy McGuinness, which describes a fictional voyage through the solar system. What an absolute crock of shit. I'm so glad that the um, space girlfriends weren't called Kioma. <laughs> I'd have thrown my shoe. Now, what I'd like you to do is check my honest eyes. <laughs> I know it could be hard to fathom, but it was aliens. You freaking liar. <laughs> Look into my honest eyes. Okay, I'd like to ask your honest eyes a question. Go How far it. into this investigation <laughs> closed your eyes? <laughs> How far into this investigation were you before you yourself called bullshit? Wine. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, was that the very first thing you saw? <laughs> yep. translated into Russian, the books. I just don't think they... Gave a crap. Gave a shit. Yeah, fair comment. I think they saw right through that. <laughs> it's worrying that people would go to see these lectures and actually believe it. He seems to have somehow got a bit of a cult following, doesn't he? But like, like Rappelt said, he was uh, very charming and gave that... Yeah, but that... See, that disturbs me a lot more. For example, Huggins has attended talks and whatnot, and people go there almost for like the good time of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas to go there to actually be convinced of something that's completely made up sits with me somewhat more uneasily. Yeah. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but it's aliens, right? Yeah, I'm not saying it was aliens. No. Very, very firm. <laughs> not aliens. Me neither. But I did have fun looking up all his bullshit. And like how far it went. Yeah. I like how everyone turned on him was like, nah. <laughs> it's bullshit. Right involved, mate. When you start talking about him holidaying in Mexico and stuff, I was thinking, shit, maybe he is an alien. He's more than a hundred years old. How is he still doing this stuff? Then I remembered you were talking about the sixties at the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was because of free you up with the eighteen ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah. When he was born, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if he was still <laughs> holidaying in Mexico and banging two attractive Nordic females. <laughs> Nordic female then. aliens. Boink, 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 boink. <laughs> At 130 years old, he's doing well. <laughs> I'll, I'll reevaluate. 
but no, utter bullshit. <laughs> what a snake oil salesman. Dear. He's got to be one of the biggest bullshitters that we've come across. Mm-hmm. I'd say top three. Easily. Mm. Well, I would put him at number one. I'd put him at number two. I don't mean in terms of... I know what you mean. Like, <laughs> Disgustingness. Yeah, I mean in terms of the amount of people bullshit, that yeah. manage to believe this bullshit. But then, you know who has tried to make people believe him. It's just that times are different now, we're further in the future, and true. it's easier to disprove. Whereas, yeah, if this dude had been doing this in, like, 2006, 2007, then he probably would have been quite a hated figure. Okay, thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's file and the podcast in general. You can follow us at But It Was Aliens Podcast on Instagram, But It Was Aliens at, on Twitter, and we are now on Facebook. We have a page called But It Was Aliens, and we also have a Facebook group called Extraterrestrial Towers, where you can chat with like minded probers and even ourselves. If there's a visit you would like us to probe, you can email us at butitwasaliens at gmail.com or you can leave it in the Facebook group. I'm sure we'd find it there. Think turkeys are aliens. <laughs> Think your mobile phone is an alien device. Definitely. Think that your favourite TV show is by an alien. Hashtag probe. Hashtag probe. They got red penny pants on. Penny,